If you're anything like the rest of us, you've had your moments where you've looked at yourself in the mirror and you've had a hard time accepting yourself. You know that it's important to love yourself, but sometimes we're just not sure how to do that. Welcome to Fathering Our Future. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. The topic of loving ourselves is super important because we're supposed to love others as we love ourselves. So today, I am joined by Bishop D.G. Hargrove to help us understand and to give us some principles on how we can correctly love ourselves. If you want to be a part of helping dads grow as disciple makers and making them aware of fathering our future, you can help. And here is what I want you to do. I want you to leave a five-star rating for this podcast and write a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'll take a screenshot of that and send it to me at fatheringourfuture at gmail.com, I have a gift for you. I wrote a book called Cut the Crap, Direct Tips for Becoming a Dad. I cannot send you the physical copy, but I will send you the electronic copy of this book. And technically, you'll get a little bit more because the ebook has additional references that are linked all throughout it. So this is my gift for you for rating and reviewing this podcast. Again, send that to me at fatheringourfuture at gmail.com. And by doing that, you're helping create awareness of this podcast, and ultimately, you're helping dads grow as disciple makers. Our scripture for this week comes from Matthew chapter 22. We're looking at verses 36 through 39. It reads, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, Bishop, thank you so much for being with me. It is always a real treat to have you on the podcast. Good to be here. Always a pleasure. I'm glad to have you back on. I frequently reference the conversation we had about a couple years ago now on letting go. Uh, There's a lot of good that you shared in there. And if you're listening and you haven't listened to that one, go listen to it. Uh, So I'm looking forward to our conversation today. We are talking about loving ourselves, how to love ourselves. And we're not talking about this from a selfish perspective. We're talking about this from a biblical perspective, because the Bible tells us Jesus, when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, it's that you love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart. The second is just like it. You love your neighbor as yourself. Now, it talks about loving God and loving your neighbor, but right there in the middle, while it's not just blatantly stated, you have to love your neighbor as yourself. So it's implied that you have to love yourself somewhere in between loving God and loving others. And so that's what you're going to help us with today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always interested in your opinion because you have the uh, unique ability to approach this from a pastoral perspective, but also from a, a psychological perspective because you do counseling as well. So you're an all around sharp guy and you just don't let anyone know about it. <laughs> So, <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's just jump into it. When we talk about um, loving yourself, I feel like there's a lot of people, maybe culturally, that struggle with that today. Uh, people always have to be working on their appearance, and not that you shouldn't, but I mean, it feels like everyone gets plastic surgery or some form or something, and they've just completely changed who they are to just be okay with who they are, and. 
I don't know. I'm not saying that it's wrong if that has to happen, but I, I just think that there ought to be a way for us to love who God has made us to be. So when it comes to loving ourselves, where do we start? How do we go about this? Well, it's a great question, uh, a very good question, especially in today's culture where self-love has been redefined as or has been defined as being comfortable and pleasing yourself. Just make yourself happy. And that's not necessarily what the scripture implies. Uh, the scripture implies in loving yourself, you care. You care about yourself. He says, know ye not that you are the temple of God and the spirit of the Lord dwells in you. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. And uh, I think that one of the areas of self-love or the area of self-love that I think is so important is caring for yourself. And in caring for yourself, uh, you know, loving yourself is taking care of this temple that God has given to us and using it to the fullest potential of the gifting and calling and anointing that God has put in your life. And I think that's the expression of self-love. Loving yourself, I think, first of all, probably starts as we yield ourselves to God. And as we yield ourselves to God, we manage ourselves. And as we manage ourselves, we live out a self-care or self-love as we're talking. And the self-love is managing first, probably, what we intake. Hmm. Uh, he said it, uh, the eye is the light of the body. It's not what comes out of a man, but what goes into the man. And uh, the eye is the light of the body. And what we take in, how we see life. Because how we see life and how we uh, determines how we think about life. The lens of which we see life determines how we take care of ourselves. Now, if you're if you're living the life of, uh, of uh, that is selfish, then you're going to probably think, well, I would like to have a nicer home, nicer car, which is nothing wrong with that. Sure. But that is not the ex true expressions of self-love. Uh, you know, I'd like to have nicer clothes and all nicer food and all that. And, that, and again, there, there's nothing wrong with it. Those, But those are not the true expressions. Those may be the outcome and uh, the, the, the outcome of, of loving yourself. Because if you love yourself, you're going to be disciplined. Hmm. You're going to live a disciplined life. You're going to manage your thoughts. You're going to manage your intake, what you watch, what you see, what you hear. You're going to manage the intake and even in some cases what we eat. I mean, I mean, this is this this yeah. is the only body we're going to get on this planet. Well, the bigger the body, the bigger the spirit inside, right? My, my, come on, <laughs> church. That's why we believe in buffets. <laughs> come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but I think... Uh, the management of our thoughts uh, is often determined by the what we what the lens of which we see life and what we take in in life, how we see it. Uh, and then uh, once we manage our thoughts and control, discipline our thoughts, that controls how we feel. And how we feel determines our actions and reactions. 
So if somebody comes to me and says, uh, Pastor, I, I feel I feel depressed. I ask them, what have you been thinking about? And when they tell me what they well, there's a reason you feel that way. You you need to change your thinking. Uh, you start thinking about some good things. Think on these things. Mm-hmm. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are right. If you start thinking right, you'll start feeling right. When you start feeling right, you can act and react to life correctly. And that, in my opinion, is an expression of real self-love. Loving yourself is taking care of yourself. Take, take for example, anything that we love, we take care of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you love a car, you'll you'll shine it, wash it, take care of it. Uh, if you love you know, your your house, you'll keep it clean, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Not with kids. <laughs> Not with kids. <laughs> I know how that goes. Uh, but if you love your wife, you take care of her. Uh, if you love your kids, as you uh, are teaching us through these podcasts, if you love your kids, you take care of them. And taking care of them is not always giving them what they want, but giving them what they need. Hmm. And I think that is where the separation is a lot of times. If I give my kids everything they want rather than what they need, I'm probably not expressing true love. Sure. I need to give them what they need, not necessarily what they want. So Take me back to... um the intake. Let's focus a little bit on that. What what types of things should we be taking in? Or if you being that more from a perspective, what what shapes that perspective on how we're seeing everything? What's healthy for us to take in in order to have the right intake, to have the right feelings, to prompt us to be disciplined in our life? Well, of course, the obvious is uh, he told Joshua, meditate upon my word both day and night. Mm-hmm. and observe to do all that is written therein. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have good success. So I think it starts right there. Yeah. You know, the uh, getting a, a, a biblical worldview is, I think, critical to having a true self-love. Uh, until you get a, a biblical worldview, uh, you can't really know how to love yourself. You can't know you can't know how to love God, and if you don't know how to love God, then you surely can't know how to love yourself. And so the first thing is a clear biblical worldview that points us towards that first commandment in order to get love, because God is love, mm-hmm. and the only way that we can love anything is to go to the source of love. Yep. And God is the source of love, and so we go to the source of love. And the source of love gives us the capacity to love ourselves and to love others. If we if we tried to use our own images of self-love, then the alcoholic, the drug addict, the person addicted to whatever you want to call it, the lascivious person that that is uh, full of lust that can't get their lust satisfied, and all those kind of things, that is not love. Yeah. Uh, you know, having having, uh, uh, you know, 20 affairs in a year is not is not an expression. Of love. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. 
And as a counselor, I've dealt with some of those kind of people. Well, you know that uh, you know they think that's love. I'm expressing love, and they're loving me. Well, that's not real love. That's lust. Yeah. And there's a difference between love and lust. Yes. Uh, and and love is caring. If I love you, I want what's best for you. That's what I want. And I, that's the way I pastor. I pastor people thinking, what is best for them? What is best? And I've had people say, Brother Hargrove, we're, we're thinking about moving. And I said, well, I want what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Whatever the Whatever's best. Uh, I, I want, that's what I want. Uh, it goes back again to that tight fist living. Real love is open-handed. Yeah. Real love says, I care about you enough. I want what's best for you. Yep. I want what's best for the Vandergrift family. I want what's best. Yep. And uh, whatever that is, I want to do that. Yep. And not with my own self-interest, but with your interest because I care about you. Sure. And I love you. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's one of the expressions. Uh, of, first of all, a, a biblical worldview. A biblical worldview gives me a clear view of God or clearer view of God. And God is the source of love. And so I'm going to the source of love. And as I go to the source of love, I'm able to have the capacity to bring love back into my own life and love myself. And as I love myself, I can now love others. Yeah. And I think that is the, that's the, the triad of, of love of loving others is loving God. Then you love yourself. Then you love others. And, and that triad is based on going to the source. I go to the gas station and get fuel so that I can go. Yeah. Same way with love. I go to the source of love and I love God and I can love myself. Yep. And my self love is not pictured or framed around my self interest as much as it is based upon uh, my desire to live a disciplined life in accordance with the principles of God. It's like this. Uh, The principles of God uh, give me the guidelines to love myself. Uh, Once again, I'm the temple of the Spirit of God. God dwells in me. And and love, uh, if I'm going to love myself, I'm going to live with inside of those principles, that framework. And so the intake of God's Word giving me the worldview also gives me the instruction of how I should manage myself. I manage my thoughts. I manage my ways. I manage the way I treat other people and living inside of those boundaries. Boundaries, by the way, boundaries, a lot of people see boundaries as restrictions. Boundaries, boundaries is the greatest freedom that you will have living inside of a boundary. Mm -hmm. Uh, Adam and Eve thought they were living inside of a boundary that restricted them. And when they got out of the boundary, they lost their freedom. Mm. They lost freedom. Living inside of boundaries is, is the safest way to live free. That's it's freedom. Good. That's good. Stanford University did a study uh, a number of years ago. Uh, I remember it. Uh, they did a study on the playground in the elementary school. You may remember this. Uh, but they took, they, they had kids, uh, they took away the fences around the play, uh, the playground and all the kids huddled in close and stayed real close. 
And then they put fences around the playground and the kids ran all the way out to the fences. They span, they, they felt freer mm-hmm. with the fences there. And so I think the living a disciplined life gives us a greater freedom, greater liberty, and a, and a, a greater capacity to love ourselves and to love others. I think that's a, I think that's a good reminder that we need as men today, boundaries are not restrictions, it's freedom. And yes. I, we typically think of that the other way yeah, around, like, do. I don't get to do this and I don't get to do that. But within these boundaries that we have by God, we have so much that we actually get to do. And I think, I think it's a good tie-in to um, the way that you see everything just like you were just talking about the the way in which you perceive things because that helps you navigate your feelings and your emotions so that you don't blur the lines between something like love and lust. And yeah. if you have no basis for feelings and emotions, you might fall into that trap to where I, I want this and I need that. And mm-hmm. then you view love categorically as a feeling when it's not, mm-hmm. it is a commitment. It is a choice that we get to make. Um, Sure, there's a feeling that's associated with it, but love itself is not like God didn't feel good and say, well, I'll just go down across. That that <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. No, no that took a lot of commitment, but right? God so loved. Right, exactly. So it, there's definitely a commitment there. But I think that is so good for us to hear that we're not trapped. We're, we're in a place of freedom. We just need to have that God lens and perspective, that biblical perspective to see everything that's actually going on in life. Because without that, it just turns into absolute chaos and turmoil. And I think this is where people, it's like Solomon, just constantly searching and searching. Everything is vanity. Everything is vanity. I can't find meaning in anything, but that's because he had pulled himself away from the source. Like you talked about. That's so good. Yeah. you got to have the source. Yeah. If things made us happy, Solomon would be the icon of happiness but he was not right. He was a miserable man. And so things don't make us happy. Happiness is an inside job. It starts in here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's where we again, go back loving God so that we can get love so that we can love ourselves, and then we can love others. And so I think that, uh, you know, that the, the looking through a biblical lens, biblical worldview, uh, that is how we're able to move from self, from selfishness to self-love. A lot of people get the two confused. Mm-hmm. Selfishness is not self-love. And selfishness is when I think about myself all the time. And selflessness is not thinking less of myself, but it's thinking about myself less. Sure. That's good. That's a good way to think of that because I feel like we often, you know, in our attempt to be self-proclaimed martyrs and be selfless, we think that we've got to just throw ourselves completely out of the picture. And that's not what we're doing because it's like you've mentioned, if if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not valuing yourself, why would you ever value anybody else? Exactly. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. You you take care of yourself and, and taking care of yourself. You live a disciplined life. You manage your intake, mm-hmm. how you see life. That helps you manage your intake, how you think. 
you know, way before we even coined the word psychology, the Bible was talking about how we think. Sure. You know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yep. That you may be able to find or prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. It's a transfer. It's a it's re, it's it's re, recharging or transforming your mind. And uh, he says, "Have put on the mind of Christ." Uh, out the way we think will determine how we feel. And Paul over and over addresses the thought process of how we should think. Now you have to realize most of the things that he talked about, he's writing them from a prison cell. Yeah. And he said, he said, be thankful yep. in all things. Rejoice. You know, yep. he mentions rejoice 13 times in his writing, 13 times. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. And here's a guy sitting in prison right. about to be martyred and he's hollering rejoice. Yeah. You know, Prison back then was yeah. not the same as it is today. No. You didn't have electricity, or running water, or sewer. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. It's a nasty place. Oh yes. But to have that perspective is is it's powerful for him to be able to convey that. It is. And you know, it's almost something you know for us. I know, you know, biblically, we're not supposed to compare ourselves with one another. But if he could do that, yeah, in that environment, how much more should we? Exactly. We're in a first world country. And we've got it. We we are living more luxurious than anybody's ever lived on the planet. Yep. And probably complain more than anybody other than the wandering <laughs> wilderness crew. Maybe. That's true. It's true. We get so much more. We find just so much more to complain about. It's like, we've got this. Why can't we have something else? Yeah. We're always and, looking and for it, the next thing. And it, it all drives back to selfishness rather than self-love. Mm. Because if I love myself. If I really love myself the way God wants me to love myself, I'm going to take care of my thoughts. I'm going to take care of my mind. I'm going to take care of my feelings. I'm going to manage what I do and don't do. Uh, I'm not going to go out here and steal something because I love myself. If I was selfish, if I got an opportunity, I'd steal something if I was selfish. Yeah. But if I love myself, I'm not going to steal from anybody. I'm not going to take anything I, that, that doesn't belong to me. And that's just an example. I don't, right. I've never have been a stealer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I never was a thief type, Yeah, but uh, never, never was in my nature. But uh, if we are, if we can separate selfishness and make it self love, we're going to live inside those fences of freedom. Yeah. And we're going to have a happier life. We're going to have freer life. And we're going to we're going to fulfill God's plan. Yeah. And that's our whole purpose here. Yeah. Our whole purpose is to fulfill God's plan. Yep. And the roles that God has placed you in as a parent, that's a God calling. Yep. That's a God call. One of the greatest callings in my life was to be a parent. And to be a parent, to fulfill that role was something that I took on as a mission from God. And uh, I admire you for for the podcast that you do for uh, awakening parents to realize this is not just, Hey, I'm going to get through life. 
No, this is a call from God. Right. I am developing children that are going to be on the mission of God when mm-hmm. they grow up. They're going to be on God's plan, God's purpose. They're going to help fulfill God's kingdom's desire. Yep. And uh, I think it's just, it's beautiful. I appreciate you doing the podcast. Well, I appreciate that. It's only good because I have people like you who hop on every once in a while, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to ask you about this because you mentioned the discipline factor that goes into this. I do think that it's interesting how you talk about first, it's, it's about your intake and then that helps you with your feelings and then that leads you to being disciplined. But the disciplines also kind of work its way back to keep you in that, in, in, in that function of life to where, okay, if I'm going to be disciplined because I have this relationship with God on how to focus on self-love, then I'm going to maintain my feelings. I'm going to maintain what I think about. Can you talk about maybe some of the practical things that benefit men, husbands, fathers to be disciplined about? Are there, are there any, you know, key disciplines that men need to have? Well, you know, Anthony, we, we live in a very visual world and let's face it, you know, men are visual, Mm -hmm. they're visual. And uh, one of the, one of the big disciplines we have to be guarded with is what we see. There's a difference between seeing and looking. Yeah. You can see something, but if you look at it, yeah, you talk, start taking it in, you start thinking about it, and then you start making it a part of your mental process. That's whenever, as James describes, we're all drawn away of our own lust. Yeah, and uh, and once it's conceived, he said it brings forth sin, and sin destroys. Mm-hmm. That's what James in the first chapter says, and so. Uh, I would caution us as men and fathers, just be careful about, uh, you know, what you see and what you look at and how you take it in. Don't, don't take it in, you know, don't, don't digest it. Yeah. Uh, if you do get rid of it as quick as you can, because it will bring forth destruction. Eventually it's going to corrupt something. Yeah. And so that would be one thing for fathers that I would, I would say, uh, you know, it's a, it, in such a visual world, I mean, it's, it's everywhere stuff is, yep. you know, that, uh, I mean, we have to guard our eyes. Yep. No, and, I, I think that's a good point. Well, it's, uh, it's the elephant in the room. Sure. It's, it's the elephant in the room that people don't want to talk about because, you know, it's, yeah, you, but, it is. We, as men, that is one of the things that, uh, you know, we're drawn away with. Right. You know, uh, you know, it's uh, it's something that, that can capture us. Right. And uh, I deal with people who who fallen into that trap over and over. And uh, it's just it's just not, you know, it's not something that is going to make you a better father. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not going to make you better at anything. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, it's going to eventually bring some destruction to your life. Yeah. If you want to lose what's valuable to you, just start living an undisciplined life. Hmm. You will lose what's valuable to you eventually. Well, it, it'll move away from you. It has a repelling gravity, a repelling force that pushes everything away from you when you live an undisciplined life. Well, 
I think you've given us some good stuff on how we go about loving ourselves. It's a totally different approach than I would have ever taken, which is why I wanted you to be on, on this <laughs> podcast and talk about it because I know you have a little more of an eclectic knowledge when it comes to some of these topics. Um, I say a little more just to make myself feel a little bit better, but uh, I appreciate what you've shared. I do want to throw a bit of a curveball at you because I think that this is something that you are particularly good at. Um, I say that because I think, I think you do really well at loving yourself. And I think that's evident by the way that you then love others. I think you have a gifting in this. Now you've done some special things for me, which I won't share here, but when it comes to having a self love, if from experience, you can maybe speak to this or explain how it works for you. When you love yourself, is there just this natural proclivity to bless or do something for other people? How does that work? You know, I think people who do love God and love themselves have a organic ability to just give to other people. Hmm. I mean, they just want to give to other people. They want to help other people. Uh, you know, I find my wife says, you will help anybody do anything. I mean, somebody broken down on the side of the road, I'm stopping if there, yeah. there's nobody there. You know, and, and I'm just looking, looking for somebody to give to. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it, it comes natural to me. Uh, it's not something that I just force myself into. Sure. Uh, I'm I look around. And I think, hey, they need help. You know, uh, and so I think it's just a, an, an organic overflow of the love that I'm receiving from God. That helps me to love myself so that it overflows so much that it's like a river flowing through me. Mm. I've just got to let it go. I'm going to love others. I just naturally want to love other people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know of anybody that I hate. Sure. I don't know of anybody. I don't know of anybody that if I had an opportunity to get revenge on them, that I would do it. Yeah. I just wouldn't do it. Uh, and and I've been done wrong. We all have. Sure, you've got but, opportunity for it. But if I had an opportunity, and God would give me a a, a green light and a buy and a pass on it, would I get revenge? No, I wouldn't. I, I just, I mean, I move on. Yeah. I told somebody the other day, <clears throat> this is how life is, Anthony. This is now. This is a little off the subject. Go for it. But when you sit down in your vehicle today, I want you to look. Put your hand on the wheel, and I want you to look at the the window, the, the windshield there. And I want you to look at how wide that windshield is. Then I want you to look up at that rear view mirror. And I want you to see how small it is. We are designed by God's nature to see where we're going more than where we have been. And too many people spend too much time looking in the rear view mirror. Mm. And that's good. We've got a bigger, we've got a big windshield here where we're going. And I'm going to say this. You have not yet seen what God's going to do in your life. I'm telling you, God's going to do some great things in you. And that you need to be keep looking through that windshield because there's some great things coming to you. And I feel the spirit of the Lord on me as I say this. Trying to not cry. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. There, you, you look through that windshield. Don't you occasionally glance at the rearview mirror, 
But you've got some great things ahead of you, my friend. Oh, my. Thank you. I feel the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Woo! Thank you. Hallelujah. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and, and jump to this. I appreciate everything that you have shared. I know that there's immense value in what you have shared that's going to benefit every father who listens to this. But I'd like you to go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer, if you don't mind. Be, be honored to do so. Thank you. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for <clears throat> the greatest love that has ever been given, and that is your love for us. You loved us so much. No greater love <clears throat> has any man than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend, and you laid down your life for us. We thank you, Lord, for transferring that love into us so that we can love ourselves, and then we receive the capacity to love others. And I thank you for it. I thank you for Anthony, and I thank you for this podcast. Thank you for every parent, father listening, and every person that watches this podcast. I pray that you bless them, give them wisdom, insight, counsel, direction. I pray the Spirit of the Lord provides for them and enables them to fulfill everything that you call them to do according to your plan and purpose. And I thank you for it, or I ask it by the power of your word, power of the blood that you have shed, by the power of your great name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you so much for your time, for your insight, your wisdom. I really appreciate it. I know it's going to be a huge benefit and blessing to everyone who has listened today. Thank you for that. Amen. My honor and pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. And for everyone listening and watching, thank you so much for being with us today. This is Fathering Our Future. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I hope you will join me next time. I want to thank you again for listening to Fathering Our Future and for endeavoring to grow as a dad. But I want to ask you to become more than just a subscriber. I want to ask you to consider becoming a supporter of Fathering Our Future. Whether it's a one-time gift today or a monthly commitment, whatever you give, it's not too small. It will contribute to Fathering Our Future, continuing to grow and to expand and to reach dads. All you have to do is go to Fathering Our Future dot com click the donate button and give whatever you would like to give thank you and god bless